What's up, guys? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, May 1st, 2019. I'm Tim Geddes, joined by Gary Witta, of course, because it is Witta Wednesday. Witta Wednesday! Witta Wednesday. May 1st. How does that make you feel? It's gonna be May. Thank you for that. You I like love that? you so much, Gary. You like God, that? I miss you. It's been a while since it's the two That's of right. us on the show. You know, may I say, Tim, you're one of my favorite people to host Thank with. Thank you. I appreciate that. I, I really, I really do. Cheers to that. Cheers to you. God, good it makes friend. me feel good. So good. There's nothing cooler than before the show goes live, me and you sitting here talking about Star Wars. It makes we were me just very, riffing very on Star happy. Wars, oh, Endgame. Cool. We've been talking about all the pop culture hotspots of the week. Stuff. Yeah. Good fun. You finally yeah. saw Endgame. Finally saw it. I had to spend the whole weekend dodging spoilers, which was rough. Mm-hmm. But I did ama- I did manage to I did n- none of the big th- things that you consider like the big event. And obviously we're not, we won't spoil no anything here. We won't, we won't spoil anything here because obviously not everyone's had a chance to go see it yet. And I don't know what the statute of limitations is, but at least a, at least a week before mm-hmm. you start blurting out stuff. Um, and what, I did, what are your thoughts? What are the top level Gary Witter hot takes? I I'll, bottom line is I uh, loved it. I actually traditionally don't like the Avengers team up movies as much as I like the more char- the more single character centered ones. I like I really liked the first Avengers. Didn't like Ultron at all. Mm. Thought Infinity War was good, but not great. Wow, but I thought End, I thought Endgame was 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 oh. marvelous. Hell yeah! And marvelous. it really and it really I like what you did there. <laughs> oh yeah, well, yeah that and that was completely that was unintended. I thought it was, I thought it was terrific. I thought that they they um you know they given I was just talking to Nick about this earlier. Given from a screenwriting perspective, given how much they have to juggle, how many characters and how many themes and how many references to previous movies, and they have to wrap it all up and make sure it feels like it's all you know the sum of its parts at the end and it feels satisfying it's a tremendous tremendous achievement and again I know many people have commented on people, but if you take it as a whole the last 10 years what they achieved with that cinematic universe is just absolutely staggering oh, it is just staggering it really is like one of the truly one of the great pop culture edifices of our of our lifetime mm-hmm. those 22 movies you think you'll write a Marvel movie one day I would love to I would love to what, I, what I, would be the movie Squirrel Girl sorry game fan Squirrel Girl, Squirrel Girl? Yeah. I want to do Woo! Squirrel Girl she's my favorite I'm in uh, yeah. I am in we'll have to talk about that another time maybe on our new show we have cool friends we'll, we'll sit you down and talk to you about you have a show stuff. called Cool Friends we have cool friends it's coming up next month oh this month I guess it's May and that's if you just bring in like random cool it's people it's just an interview show that's fun yeah, alright cool do you have anyone lined up like. for that yet uh, yeah, we, we already shot one with Devin Sawa. We shot one with Anthony Rapp. Gary cool. Wooden might be next. We'll have to see. But ladies right. and gentlemen, that's so far away. This is Kind of Funny Games Daily each and every weekday right here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. We get together and talk about all of the video game news that you need to know. You can watch the show live on Twitch. You can watch it later on youtube.com slash kindoffunny or kindoffunnygames or on roosterteeth.com or as a podcast on podcast services around the globe. All that good stuff. Uh, you can... Get the show ad-free by going to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. You can also write into the show there. And if you're watching live, we have a very special task for you. Go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Let us know what we get wrong as we screw it up live in the show. Uh, Today we are talking about Borderlands 3 with a lot of info coming in hot. Um, The gameplay reveal just happened, and I'm going to be looking at Jonathan Dornbush's article he's writing because he has really succinct impressions, and I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Good old John Dorn, the bush. Um, Days Gone patches and more. little housekeeping for you. Uh, kind of funny Gamescast has taken over the Borderlands 3 reveal event that just happened. Um, Fran is streaming right now. If, you want, if you're very interested in Borderlands, I recommend you go check that out. Borderlands.com uh, is where that's happening. I heard Greg is crashing that as well. Because Greg, Andrea, and Fran, the Borderlands people, all went to go cover the event. So they left me and Gary Witta here. The non-Borderlands people. The non-Borderlands people. people yeah. To give you the rundown. So I'm happy we have Jonathan Dornbush to help. Uh, the Vancouver 
Hoover meet and greet is Saturday, this Saturday, May 4th. Go to kindoffunny.com slash events for more on that. And thank you to our Patreon producers, Tom Bach, Blackjack, James Davis, and Muhammad Muhammad. Uh, we're brought to you by Sherry's Berries and Pro Flowers, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be. The Roper Report. It's time for some news. We got six news stories today. The Baker's Dozen! Thank you very much. Let's start with the big one. Borderlands 3 gameplay reveal. I'm going, like I said, straight over to good old IGN.com uh, where Jonathan Dornbush uh, is updating his article as he's writing it. Like a real This is still happening as we speak. It just ended, oh, but okay. there's still... So there was the pre-show that... Greg, Andrea, and Fran were hosting, right. and then there was the actual reveal event. Right. Then they did a post show. Now, now all the stream. They said they had like 200 machines, and all the streamers exactly. are, are streamers are going. So streams. this is the gameplay reveal. So if you're into the gameplay, there's a lot of gameplay out there right now that you can go go check out. But if you just want an idea of how this is all going, Jonathan writes. Gearbox Software has shown Borderland 3's gameplay for the first time in a live stream that highlighted a number of new features the studio is introducing in its upcoming loot shooter, which is currently available for pre-order and set to be shown off more at E3. For starters, player movement appears to be much more fluid than in previous games, with Borderlands 3 adding the ability to mantle over cover and other parts of the environment, as well as allowing players to perform running slides to make firefights more dynamic. Borderland 3's demo featured new playable character Amara, the Siren Lilith, the return of Claptrap, and more. Uh, some of the Borderland 3 details leaked in April were also confirmed during the gameplay demo. Weapons are indeed allotted an overall score, making it easier to discern at a glance if they're better or worse than what you currently have, which should be a big time saver considering there's a billion different guns in the game. Um, last week, when they were prepping for doing the hosting for the show, we were in a car, and it was me, uh, John Drake, Andrea, Fran, and Greg Miller. And Andrea and Fran were arguing over whether it's a billion guns or a bazillion guns. Okay. And the answer is a bazillion, Gary. That's a lot. But Fran would not agree with that. And Fran, you're a fucking idiot. It's a bazillion. He had to go look up the trailer. And listen, he's like, oh man, I guess you're right. Uh, certain weapons will also that was a good feature... Friend. Thank you. I mean, I've been working <laughs> on it for years. Uh, certain weapons will also feature an alternate fire mode with the example shown in the demo, an assault rifle that can be toggled to a hyper-missile launcher. Okay, okay. Uh, changes to the skill tree system were also evident. Each of the four playable characters now begins the game with three action skills instead of one, with more unlocking as the player levels up. Action skills can also be augmented with elemental effects. Jonathan Dornbush killing it with this article. This is everything I needed. One the executive place. summary. Yeah, go read this. IGN.com, obviously. Give them the click for it. Uh, elsewhere, the tweaks to the franchise's formula seem numerous in Borderlands 3. Ammunition vending machines now feature single button press in single button press instant refill options so you're not forced to stop and scroll through the items and players can now heal and be healed by NPCs like Claptrap. Uh, at one point in the gameplay demo, the view switched perspectives between two players in co-op in order to highlight the previously announced change to the loot system. It showed that single instances of weapons can be picked up by multiple players and that the level of the weapons automatically scales relative to the level of the individual player. Uh, Borderlands 3 will offer both loot and level scaling for players, but a classic mode will allow players to experience 3 the way that 1 and 2 played in regards to levels and loot. Uh, the biggest reveal of the demo was the player's spaceship named Sanctuary 3, a hub world for the player to use in exploring the, the galaxy 
This hulking mobile hub is home to numerous returning characters like Mad Moxie and contains an infirmary, a bar with gambling machines, individual quarters for the four main characters uh, that can be customized, and even a lost and found machine for any loot you lose track of down on a planet's surface. Uh, it doesn't appear that players will be able to manually pilot the ship, but you can jump to hyperspace and orbit each of the planet if you want. That's how the fast travel works in the game. Uh, the gameplay demo culminated with the reveal of one of those planets, Promethea, which is a futuristic metropolis far removed from the familiar wasteland of Pandora. Promethea has been mentioned in previous Borderlands games, but this is the first time we've actually seen it. Um, at the reveal, real, reveal event, Gearbox's Randy Pitchford confirmed campaign DLC will be coming and that there won't be any free-to-play microtransactions as part of the experience. Pitchford hopes Borderlands 3 is both a good entry point and a welcome return for fans of the series. Um, then he also said that Borderlands 3 will appear at E3, Gamescom, PAX, and other events, including Guardian Con, the Destiny event in Orlando, Florida. Barrett, What's up? out of everyone in this room, I feel like you care about Borderlands the most. Yeah, and that's still not saying a whole hell of a lot. I remember playing Borderlands, the first one, uh, when it came out, and I was I, I really I was really into it. Wanted to play two, never got around to playing Borderlands two. Uh, but seeing all of these updates and seeing kind of like this uh, this Borderlands three after this whole wave of kind of like online looter shooters that we have all been super into like division two and destiny and all that stuff. I feel like this is a game that like Kevin and I will s- easily be into like when it comes out for like a good, like it'll take over our lives for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, the more I'm seeing the gameplay, the more I'm super into it. And I like imagine like there'll be a lot of late nights with, uh, with Mr. Miller and all of them. The gameplay looks amazing. Did yeah. you get a chance to see any of this, Gary? I saw a little bit of it. I'm, I'm, to be honest with you, I'm probably not going to be like a hugely valuable contributor to this conversation because Borderlands just isn't my cup of tea. Mm, it's I'm like sure Borderlands. I, it's, it's boring lands for me. <laughs> yeah. um, that's not. To, that's not to say it isn't a great series of games. It obviously is much loved, and and Borderlands one and two are both you know widely celebrated, mm. and this is hugely anticipated. Just something. To, it's something to do with the aesthetic, that kind of cartoony, cel shaded aesthetic. It's just not. Just personally, not my cup of tea. Mm. So I don't. I, I, but I, I'll, I will maybe give it a try. I mean, I do like this kind of game. I love the Division Two. Yeah. Um, I do like these open world games when they when they work well. I guess I, I don't know how, if you can even answer this question, but like historically, have the Borderlands game always been that kind of loot shooter open online world thing, or is it? They now- kind of invented it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's kind of their thing, and then you know all these other games kind of came in and. Uh, I, I, I really feel like it was Destiny that came after this. You know, Bungie, uh, after making Halo for so many years, was kind of like, let's combine uh, Halo, which was for a long time the standard of first-person shooters, but let's combine it with Borderlands, which was was this up-and-coming yeah. thing with the, the more wide-scale I MMO guess It's stuff. interesting, because I guess given, given, given its pedigree and just the size of the game and all the hype around it, Destiny has since become known as... Wide, widely thought to be kind of the 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 the, the origin of the genre. Right? People say, "Oh, it's a de- it's like a Destiny type loot shooter," as if Destiny is was the beginning of that genre. But it sounds like Borderlands historically, actually, even though it's not as big a deal, was at kind of did this first, right? This is where, like you said, this is where it all came from. Yeah, definitely a lot of the mechanics and a lot of just the the way that the systems work and, and all of that. Um, I've always been interested in Borderlands because of the aesthetic. I always thought that the cel shaded stuff looked really cool. Yeah, and it's rare that we see. You know, there was. A a time period, I would say, in the early 2000s where everything was cell shaded Right. Around Wind Waker and, and all that. Back to the PS2, GameCube, Xbox, original one. Yeah, and Jet Grind uh, Radio and all yeah, that stuff. And all that stuff. I feel like there was a, a, a big reliance on that because it allowed games to look timeless. Like, those yeah. games still look good. 
to an extent compared yeah. to other PS2 games, yeah. other GameCube games. Yeah, and Telltale made a whole aesthetic out of it. Exactly. And then when we got, got to the next gen, which was now last gen, I feel like we kind of lost that a bit because the graphics were good enough to like have other art styles that would stand the test of time. So that's why Borderlands, to me, was always a refreshing uh kind of callback to a different time and it looked great seeing cell shaded in hd seeing this gameplay cell shaded in like super hd it looks fantastic i mean i like that it does offer something different if you think about other games in this genre whether it be the division or destiny or anthem those are kind of the three big ones that are out there right now they all have a very similar aesthetic right very grounded very realistic you know looking going for that kind of photorealistic look and they're all to some extent um, you have to take themselves very seriously. Yeah. So the fact that the fact that Borderlands is out there, joke. which is basically pure, goes all out for comedy mm-hmm. and has a very as a much as a very you know stylized cartoony aesthetic. It's I mean it's not I mean and I think that's why it's popular because it is something so different. Mm-hmm. So you know I I, pl- I applaud them for that. Um, like I said, this is all coming in pretty hot, but all the reactions I was seeing on Twitter for people seem to be really into this. Uh, if you if you have other information, let me know. Kind of funny.com slash you're wrong right now. We can read some of those. I think uh, there was a bit of a clarification. So I was just reading Twitter on the way over here, and Rebecca Valentine from GameIndustry.biz, who's been in this chair before, mm-hmm. um, had, who's at the event, um, had some clarification on after Randy Pitchford said no microtransactions um, in, in talking to Borderlands people after the fact that they, 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 there are, in fact, microtransactions, but they're uh, cosmetic only. And there was some, I guess what Randy was trying to say was like, we're not going to nickel and dime you with yeah. with microtransactions. But to say that there are no microtransactions well, he said, he in the game is not, not the free-to-play microtransactions. Right. So what I that, feel like he kind of, I play? feel like it's, he was trying to say what you're saying. Right. So. Oh, he's saying like, there's no like pay, to, pay, to, pay to get good. Play, right. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Right, right, right. Um, but like having said that, I feel like everything that I just read here from Jonathan sounds like they're doing the right thing. It sounds like people like this. This sounds like what a Borderlands 3 should be. Um, there was a big question for a while where where does Borderlands fit in 2019? Like, we have seen the the genre kind of evolve so much, um, but the franchise has been gone for a while. Like, we haven't seen a proper Borderlands entry in, in years. Um, so for it to come out now, I feel like they really kind of had to, like, knock it out of the park right out of the gate, and it looks like they did. I love all that I'm hearing here about the you can play it the new way or you can play it how you used like to play that. it. It's like, that's, that's great, and it's really thinking about... Um, you know the the new players that they might get talking about this being a great jump on point. That's great for people like Barrett and Kevin. And for me, again, who never really. I mean, I, I tinkered around with the Borderlands games. I never really got hardcore into them. Um, that, I mean, that's going to be the big question. There's obviously a, a, a very very passionate hardcore of Borderlands fans who've been there from the beginning who will be all over this game, and that's their base. The question is in the in the increasingly crowded space that we have where it's less it's, it's more about time than it is anything you know you only have so many, many hours a day to play games and put and invest into like a lot of my time goes into the, the division when I have time to play a game I, that's what I play so now it becomes a battle for a player's attention and can border, can Borderlands come into what is now a very crowded space where there's a lot of competition for your playing hours um, and convince people to stop, you know, drop the game that they're currently probably already into I mean, and, I think, and come over to the other side of the street. I feel like they've already kind of won that fight. September, a September release date. Like, that's such a great time for what you're saying, right? By that point, Division will be old news. There will right. have been enough of the updates and people, you know, are used to that loop that you're either continuing to do Division 2 constantly or, you know, you can take a break to, to play yeah, something Yeah, I mean, new. I think, you know, it sounds like Division 2 and Anthem both sold well initially out of the gate, but the fact that they came out so close to one another can't have been good for either of those games because mm-hmm. you know again there's only not everyone's buying a new sixty dollar game every month and even if you buy even if you do buy 
both. You probably don't. There probably aren't enough hours in the day to put a significant gameplay investment. You've got to pick. You've got to pick one and go with it mm-hmm. uh, because these games are time sinks basically, uh, and it's not. I, I don't think people are juggling multiple loot shooters all Unless the time because you know they, they require so much of your time so I think you may be right that coming out in September when as far as I know there's not any That's my similar thing competition like, and people are starting to itch for a new for something new that might be the right time because typically we don't get to the like first person shooter releases until late October early November for right. the Call of Duty's mm-hmm. battlefields of, yeah, the, of yeah. the world and even those are different right like those are more you play through the campaign and then you either get really into the um multiplayer or you don't right whereas these kind of more looter shooter based uh ongoing games as services um kind of take a bit more time out of people's like mind share but yeah it's september i think is a perfect time for them to to come out i love how they're releasing the information of this right now late may september is not that far away right like it's this is now a perfect thing to he's they're talking about e3 they're talking about all these trade shows they're going to just build the hype right into september yeah it's, I, a, it's I mean it, you know it's it's a good spot it's obviously brought it's obviously also slightly, slightly defined by like when they can actually get the game out and finish development of it and get it ready i think especially now one of the things that has really really besieged this kind of genre and we saw this very very much with anthem is if you launch a game before it's fully feature complete and fully ready mm-hmm. you will really really suffer for it people will not be happy and the division demonstrated you know how well it can work when a game is actually launched in good shape so that's now the expectation people don't want another anthem they want another division where the game is actually fun out of the gate not maybe six months down the road and people have to suffer through bugs and bullshit in the meantime so they so they 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 hopefully are very very confident the game will be fully fully ready to go and it's not going to require some massive patch you know two or three months from now they'll get it out in time Uh, but you're right september is perfect because again it's just at the point where even if you're into anthem or division or destiny right now come september you might be kind of itching for something new but it's also just before the big holiday wave of all the mega releases yeah i think it's gonna be good and speaking of patches gary that was an excellent segue here days gone has gotten a new patch nearly every day since launch oh wow Uh, this comes from joshua rivera at kotaku uh days gone the playstation exclusive zombie uh survival game has received nearly daily tweaks since launch including a new patch today that corrects an issue introduced in yesterday's patch (laughs) the games launched with bugs that included things like audio that dropped in and out texture pop-in and frequent frame rate drops it's received seven patches in its brief life three coming pre-release with four more in the five days following launch today's 1.07 patch replaces tuesday's 1.06 release which was meant to fix an audio bug that caused in-game motorcycle audio to cut out at drop at random and address a problem with the autosave function that wouldn't sync the right number of saves to users' cloud save accounts. Trouble was, some users reported that patch 1.06 was causing their console to crash, and 1.07 addresses this by removing the autosave fix with a note from the developers apologizing for any inconvenience the patch may have caused and urging players to report bugs on the Days Gone subreddit, where Sony Bend monitors a bug report thread. So, that's interesting, but there's one key thing that I left out. And it's the last couple sentences here. As frequent as the patches have been, Sony hasn't yet approached the extremely patchy first two weeks of last year's God of War, uh, a game that launched on April 20th and in its first 11 days received eight patches. There's still time and more bugs to squash. I don't remember that. I don't either. But then I didn't play God of War until after... It was like a couple of weeks after. So Mm. I, I, I probably had one cumulative patch and that was it. Yeah. If you're buying the game day one, you know, I often say as, as, as hard as it is 
to resist sometimes, especially with eagerly anticipated titles. If you can, don't buy a game on day one because look, this is this is this is the norm now. Mm-hmm. You're gonna be a you're gonna be a, a, a you're basically paying them to be a beta tester. It's in, it's really crazy, and it, you know it is just the way things are. And I don't think that it's even possible to to go back to how things used to be. Nor is that a good idea necessarily, because back in the day, if this were to happen, the game's that way. There's no fixing it. But it wouldn't happen because they knew there was no way to fix it, so they made sure yeah, that everything no, was fixed before it very released. Good point. Yeah, because I remember now the fact that all you can that everything's connected and you can, and you can patch it has become a crutch for shipping a game and saying, "Well, we'll fix it in the patches." Yeah, and that that's the new normal. Mm-hmm. And then every patch, you need to fix the, yeah, the last the, patch. Yeah, I mean, Anth- Anthem had that problem as well. They would they would patch something, and it would fix the issue it was intended to patch, but it would have a weird side effect where it would break something else. Yeah. Then you got to patch that. It's like playing whack-a-mole. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember uh, it was the PS2 generation with uh, Prince of Persia, the second one, uh, Warrior Within. I loved those games. Mm-hmm. And, and playing through it, I got right to the end, and then there was a game-breaking bug at the end that I, you, there was a door that just wouldn't open. Oh, man. And it was a problem. They had to recall the, the discs and then put out new discs. That didn't help me at all. I was fucked. Right. I never beat that game because right. of that. That I ended sucks. Up just years later watching the ending on YouTube. Um, but yeah, it's like that. You just can't fix the games in, in just like a download patch the way you can now. Right. But this, you're right. It is a reliance on this. Like, oh, we'll just put it out and uh, we'll fix the things as we go. Um, and in some cases, it can be patches can be really good things like i know i remember with god of war it's like eventually they added patches that added photo mode and they added new yeah new game plus and all kinds of cool stuff like cool stuff not just like trying to fix the game as it goes and i think the reason that i don't remember god of war uh being so patchy was that the game was good like everybody kind of loved it and it worked straight out the gate enough um like i didn't have any game breaking issues or any issues really with god of war at all that i played pre-release um whereas days gone I played for two and a half hours and I had issues and Greg and all of them had way more than me because they put in way many more hours. So Greg hooks me up with a copy of Days Gone, mm-hmm. um, but I part of the reason why I didn't PlayStation hooked you up. I didn't. Oh, that's right. Provided hashtag provided by PlayStation. Yes. Um, but I haven't tried it yet, partly because I was seeing that Andrea and other people were having all these problems with the audio dropouts and some of the other issues. I'm assu- I'm assu- like, it's nice to see they're getting fixed. I'm still kind of on the fence about whether or not I want to jump in. What, are you enjoying that game? No, I gave up. <laughs> it's, but I knew it wasn't for me. And the right. thing is, it's like I, I'm not going to go to hazard uh, opinion on whether or not it's a good game. It's not a me game. I didn't enjoy the time that I Why had Why do you even it. try playing it then, if it's not your cup of tea? Because I was enticed by the story elements okay. of it. I like... I, uh, Horizon was the same way where, you know, I know I don't really typically enjoy open world games because I just don't like sinking too much time into the into one game. Okay. I much prefer Uncharted. I much prefer Last of Us type. Well, it's just a critical path that you follow. Yeah. But Horizon allowed me to critical path the game and get the story from it. And you do side missions every once in a while. But if I'm enticed, that's good. Yeah. You know, it's like I can break from my mold of what I typically like. That's showing me that the game is is that damn good right and there are uh, games like that horizon being one of them days gone i pretty quickly realized there is no critical path okay like it is the whole world is kind of just story elements a lot of meandering and the story seemed interesting for what i was playing but i was like i i'm the gameplay is not holding up for me but i was shocked you can watch our full review on gamescast that went up uh, early this week but I was shocked because I knew it wasn't a Tim Gettys game. It really felt like a Greg Miller game. It felt like everything that he would like yeah. uh, from from video games. Like, but even the, Greg is, was kind of lukewarm. And then, but then later, after talking to him, the more I talked to him, the more I realized I'm like, oh man, he doesn't like it. Like, he doesn't like it at all. <laughs> so there's that. Watch but the I, games but cast I, but for I'm more seeing, depth. Uh, like my friend Mike Krahulik over at Penny Arcade mm-hmm. is loving it. 
loving it. Yeah. One of his favorite games this year. So, you know, it's, it's obviously all, all subjective, but I think I, I think I ultimately am. Uh, my, my wife might enjoy it because she loves Horizon and Assassin's Creed. She loves those kind of explorey mm-hmm. open world games. So she may enjoy it. Part of the reason why I had been holding off on it is because I'd heard about all these technical issues, but, you know, it sounds like they're hopefully mostly patched out keep by going, now. Keep going, yeah. We'll see. Um, cool. Next news story. Tommy Tallarico announces new Earthworm Gym game with original team exclusive to the Intellivision Amico. Uh, the press release reads as follows. In celebration of the 25th anniversary of Earthworm Jim, Intellivision Entertainment is proud to announce it has gathered together and reunited the original Earthworm Jim team to create a brand new video game adventure exclusively for the upcoming Intellivision Amico home video game console. Ten of the original programmers, artists, audio team, and level designers are taking part in bringing back the uniqueness and humor of Earthworm Jim to celebrate the reunion with the fans, a 20-minute live interactive simulcast streaming event. That's a lot of buzzwords. Uh, (laughs) Will take place on Saturday, May 4th at noon Pacific during the first Earthworm Jim design meeting with the original team. As part of the live simulcast, the team will engage with fans to hear their new vision firsthand. Multiple original art pieces will be hand-drawn by the artist. Okay, there's a lot of stuff that, you know, you get it. This game doesn't exist yet. Uh, and Television Amico is designed to bring friends and families together, and we're excited for fans and those just being introduced to the series to get a first look as we kick off the design of the game. Um, so Tommy Tallarico is the Intellivision Entertainment CEO and president and the original Earthworm Jim 1 and 2 composer and sound designer. Um, Tommy Tallarico is a name you probably remember if you ever watched Electric Playground. Back mm-hmm, in the day, mm-hmm. um, one of the original reviewers of all that. One of the original us's <laughs> in a lot of ways for what we do uh, in the video front, at least. Um, and he is renowned in the video game sound side of things. Yeah, Whether I mean, sound he's design, those video game music. live concerts, he yep, organizes all he, of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is, yeah, I guess he still does. Yeah, like he was the founder of all that stuff. And um, But his big play now is, is in relaunching the Intellivision console. Amico, later this year. And, you know... How do you feel about the intel the new Intellivision? I'm not Jared Petty. You know what I mean? Need what does that, I say what does that mean? Old games what? are old. Dude. I just like this is. I don't. I don't know who exactly is the audience for this besides Jared Petty and right. the Jared Petties of the right. world, of which right. there are a few, <laughs> right? Um, but but yeah, the thing is, I will give them credit and kudos. This is the way to do it, right? Like this is the like bring back games that would speak to those people. Um, to sell this console, to sell the thing. And uh, Earthworm Jim, you know, was one game of the year awards when it first came out. Yeah, I mean, look, Earthworm Jim is is a name that, uh, you know, again, I don't know how, what, how much it means to, you know, the kids today, but it's something that older gamers certainly remember from, you know, back in the 16-bit era. And then, you know, they were, it continued after they did some 3D remakes and stuff like that that were less successful. I think it's only really the first couple of games, the 2D mm-hmm. uh, platformers that were really popular uh you know ask someone ask someone who's like between 18 and 24 today what earthwind jim is they probably have no fucking idea mm-hmm. so that's certainly true of the of the intellivision name i don't know i have a bigger question about just the strength of the intellivision brand even back in the day when it was intellivision and atari 2600 the intellivision was always the betamax mm-hmm. of of that era like it's the one that if you had that people kind of felt sorry for you like oh you, you have an intellivision yeah oh you know and you've got that sympathetic sorry. look yeah it was, know, like greg, like- it was like greg with the sega 
back in the day. It's like, oh, I'm so sorry, Greg. So I don't know what this. I don't know what the street. You know, and they never. You never had like the. I, I remember in television, you had that, that dumb controller, and the games are no good. Obviously, this is all. I think this is a whole different box, and all it is, they've slapped the, the name brand on it in the hope that that has some nostalgia value. And I think they will bring back some old television games, and God knows what, because who remembers any, mm-hmm. and and redo them. Jared Petty does, I'm sure. But you know, it's like, is there is there space in the market for another console right now? I don't think there is. Um, but again, I don't think that this at, in any way is going to be marketed towards kids. Like, I think it is going to be a niche product marketed towards the oldsters, the, the Jareds of the world. Exactly. Okay. And like, that's that's as, as good as it's going to do. But if you get them on board, you got them. And I feel like it's making choices like this and bringing back games like this that get more people interested than just the name and television alone. Because you're right. I don't think that does anything. I kind of like the idea of like the dad consoles. Like a new generation of consoles just for just for us oldies that remember mm. all this old shit. Yeah. Like not every you know, the eighteen to twenty four year olds don't don't, you know, totally rule the world. Just mostly. Yeah. Just mostly. Mostly. Uh next news story. Sega is refocusing on existing IP. This comes from Adam Bankhurst at IGN. Following an earnings slip, Sega is gearing up to refocus on its existing IP like Persona, Sonic, and Yakuza, and avoid developing too many new ones. As reported by Tweaktown, Sega's fiscal year 2018 earnings saw profits drop 70% to $23 million, and its road to 2020 roadmap of games earnings has fallen apart due to market miscalculations, too many games in development, lack of sales performance, and game delays. In response, Sega will focus on the previously mentioned IP and may also throw in a remaster slash re-release or two and potentially bring over more of its key franchises and games overseas. Sega's PC business, however, has been doing well with such releases as Yakuza 0, and Yakuza Kiwami, and Sega sees the PC market as a place for big opportunities for increased earnings and will continue to port its titles there. Uh, While some of its titles, such as the Yakuza series and mainline Personas, have stuck to PlayStation hardware, this new strategy affirms its new games will come to all systems from PC to mobile and even next-gen consoles like the PlayStation 5. They're pulling out the big guns, Gary. Barrett's going to be wrong eventually. They need the money. They're like, hey, we're putting Persona 5 on Switch. You know? Do you think we will ultimately see Persona games on other consoles? Yeah, I, I mean, I think that that's ex- literally what this they're is, saying. This, this here. is what's happening yeah, here, right? Yeah, yeah. It, just, um, it just seems like we came so close with that, with what we thought was going to be the Switch version of Persona Five, and then it turned out to be something else entirely. That kind of like dashed all my dreams. I was like, oh, yeah. this is never going to happen. But it sounds like maybe there's still hope. Um, will it be Persona Five or some other Persona title? I don't know, but I do think that it's smart for Sega to refocus on the the IP it has that people are you know that they're still connecting with people. Yeah. Because Sega, you know, it's been a tumultuous journey these uh, last couple decades. Say, I mean, the the, the 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 Sega, the story of Sega overall historically is is a fascinating story of of, of triumph and tragedy and and loss. And you know, it, I think more downs and ups overall. You know, you know, you th- <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I feel, I feel, I feel like you know, in the great console wars, if you had to say, let me ask you, let me put you on the spot. Great. If you, if you, if you had to, the rend- answer's Nintendo. If you had to, well, that was going to be. If you had to render, a his- <laughs> if you had to render a historical judgment through the through through the Nintendo Sega years, and I'm talking about you know, Master System, NES, Genesis. Super NES, mm-hmm. Nintendo 64, Saturn, all of the, you know, GameCube and uh, Dreamcast and all the different, for, the whole kind of format yeah. wars that happened. At the end of the day, if you had to draw a line in, this, in, in the sand and declare a winner, it was Nintendo, wasn't it? The real winner were the gamers. You know what I mean, Gary? <laughs> what a time to be alive what in the 90s. What a diplomatic yeah, answer. No. Nintendo. Duh. Because it was Nintendo. Like, I mean, I mean, well, not, not to say that Sega didn't have great moments. And, and it did. Totally. And that's my thing is I am a, everyone fucking knows, I am a Nintendo fanboy. 
for in my heart, in my soul. I right. love Nintendo. Right. The magic. But that doesn't mean you don't appreciate a great Sega game when you see one. Exactly. And that's the thing is like I went on a whole tirade yesterday. I am one of the biggest Sega fans or Sonic fans. I know. I love so many Sonic Are you games. Really? To the point that I shouldn't. Yeah. Like so many of them. And again, I I'm only saying that I know, not that exist. There are people way, way crazier than me. But it's like the 2D Sonic games are great. They're actually great. And I feel like the people that say they aren't, aren't giving them a fair shake, especially when you get to like Sonic 3, Sonic and Knuckles, and Sonic Mania that recently came out. So that's why this news is exciting to me, because this means we might get a Sonic Mania 2. I was actually going to say the only downside of this story is more Sonic games. I hate you, Gary. <laughs> God. You're let's right, be, let's <laughs> get it as a whole. I, I honestly, again, it's subjective, but mm-hmm. I honestly don't believe that Sonic has ever been good. Uh, from the very beginning, I don't think it's been any good. I, I would at some point, and this is one of those things that we're going to say and never actually do. Mm-hmm. But I want to do a series where I, I show you why you have misunderstood history. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't want to say that you're wrong, but I just want to show. I want to sit down and show you what makes Sonic special, and we'll see what if it changes your opinion. It's interesting because the, the 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 Sonic games have been through so many different iterations over the years, mm-hmm. you know. And so I, I would say that I think even a Sonic fan would have to admit that again, if you look at the entire history of Sonic from the first yeah, Genesis game to where good. we are today, more bad way more bad than good. Oh, yeah. way, way more bad. Way more bad than good. I get. That. I know. I know. I'm a fan. I know. It hurts me. <laughs> you more know better than, than anyone. The Sonic cycle hurts so bad for so long. But let me let me. And just, what a strange fandom it is. Oh, it is. It is. And well, that's the thing because it's splinters, right? I am the old school type. Two D. I love two D platformers. Are they better than Mario? No, I'm not a fucking idiot. But they're really <laughs> damn good, right? I loved Sonic 1, has its issues, but cool. Sonic 2, fan-fucking-tastic. Sonic 3, on the, the top list of 2D platformers of all time. What do you think is the best Sonic game? Mania. The, 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 the recent remake one? Yeah, yeah okay. Because it was made by people that grew up loving... It was like a greatest hits of Sonic. Pretty much. Yeah. But like then also... Uh, Better. <laughs> like, right. There was new things that were even better and improved. Right. Um, so then there's that. In between, there was a lot of messes, a lot of misses. Um, but the Sonic Adventure games, in my opinion, are total trash. But the fandom for those is so strong and people love them so much. If they brought back Sonic, if they did Sonic Adventure 3, that thing would sell so much based on fan the nostalgia. nostalgia and just the fan base alone. Um, and then, yeah, there's been a lot. Like Sonic Boom was bad. There's a lot of other things. Sonic Colors was fine on the Wii. Sonic Generation's good. Enough of Sonic, man. I mean, one of the interesting things about Sonic, I guess, is that it has been it has been iterated in so many different ways that like if Sega were to say there's a new Sonic game coming, you have no idea what it's gonna be. It could be it could be fucking anything. Because they've 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 tried Your everything. Over tell the you years. It's gonna be bad. <laughs> it's apart you know apart I mean? from bad. But you know it's gonna be bad, but you don't know what type of game awesome. it's gonna be. Sonic Mania, man. So good. Um Next news story is some Smash Bros. We uh, just pissed off so many stuff. Sonic fans. <laughs> no, they do. They know I'm on they, their no, side, they know. man. They They're know. used to it by now. They, uh, yeah, that's the thing. It's just give them anything. Like, just give them some ray it's of like shine. Support, it's sunshine. like being a, like a Cleveland Browns fan or something. Like, you, you, yeah. know, you've got, you know you've got to do it, mm-hmm. but you know your life's going to be fucking miserable. No, no, and you're yeah. going to take a lot of shit. But then imagine if they made a Cleveland Browns movie and then used uh, Gangsta's Paradise. In the- <laughs> Uh, you know, we would, we would be proud of that. yesterday for that trailer, huh? We would be proud of that, even though our pr- fucking team sucks and we've known it for twenty years. We would be proud. Are of you it. a Cleveland Browns fan? I'm from Cleveland. Oh, you really? Yeah. So you understand what I'm talking about? No, like no one in like <laughs> Cleveland Browns. The Browns are a fucking joke. Even right. in Cleveland. Right. So, so is Sonic. So. Yeah, exactly. Uh, some Smash Bros. info. This comes from at Push Dustin on Twitter. 
This message was sent on Smash release date to Japan users. Right now, the quote, right now the team and I are working on the DLC. This is from the director Sakurai of Smash. Right now, the team and I are working on the DLC. This includes the already announced Joker from Persona 5, Fighter Number 2, Fighter Number 3, and one more thing. Uh, please look forward to the DLC. So the message is a couple months old. The something else might refer to the stage builder uh, that we recently got here. Um, but the fact that they are were working on 2 and 3 at the same time that they were working on Joker, to me, says we're probably going to get a E3 drop of the new character Mm -hmm. uh whatever it is uh whether it's one of them or two of them i i'd imagine that they'd rather show off both release one that night and then release another one what is the the uh what's the what's the rumor mill saying about what those new characters might be the rumor for a while has been steve from minecraft um the dragon dragon warrior character um doom guy from doom oh doom guy i'd love (laughs) to see doom guy that'd be great uh ryu from uh Ninja Gaiden. His ultimate would be the BFG if you had the Doom guy, yeah. right? I mean, the thing is, I, I like all those picks. Yeah. Um, I I almost kind of want to be, it's not be one of them, just so I'm surprised. We're like, we don't know what the hell's happening. Like, Joker was such an out there uh, announcement that I just loved how I love the Joker announcement. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Cool stuff. I love that there's Smash hype getting back in the cycle. Um, and then the last news story I have today, this is just a cool thing that I wanted to show you guys. Kev, can you pull this up? Uh, yeah, two seconds, dude. I'm gonna... I can send it to assets if that makes it I know, easier. I, I got it. Just chill out, dude. Okay, Just cool. chill out. Uh, this is a fun thing I saw over at Kotaku. Um, Zach Zweisen is, uh, showcasing this cool video that, uh, the YouTube channel Boundary Break did, um, where they... There's a whole video that you guys can check out at Kotaku right now, um, going through... They worked with Yacht Club Glame... Yacht club games the makers of shovel knight to talk about like just different secrets of the development of the game which is really cool but kev go up what? Oh. just to the gif so the the 2d game is actually 3d the, how interesting the, the way that they said it so that it's not actual parallax scrolling it's or like whatever. a pop-up book uh yeah and it, it looks really cool and it's fun fascinating stuff video games are cool man so that's the way the game is actually built with those different layers at different at different levels of depth mm-hmm. you just don't see that because you don't usually change your perspective yeah Interesting. Really cool. I don't know. It kind of ruins the magic. It ruins the magic, Kev. You're such a little monster. <laughs> Will Kevin kidding. ever not be a monster? I don't know. That's a question that we'll have to wait very long to see. But Gary, if I wanted to know what is coming to Mama Grab Shops today, where would I look? <laughs> the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform, as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts, each and every weekday. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do the jingle. Guys. You don't have Please to do the jingle. Me. Thank you, Gary. People no, keep I saying every, I don't look, even do the jingle. I think it's the duty of every host to bring their own personality and I style agree. to the show, not to copy Greg's. And, that, and that's my thing. The jingle is Greg's. Do other yeah. people do the jingle and have fun with it? Sure. Yeah. I feel like a tool doing the jingle. That's right. not saying Greg's you a tool be you. for doing the jingle. You got to be true to yourself. If I do the jingle, it just doesn't feel genuine. You know, right. If there was like dubstep in the jingle or something, it would feel more on brand, but there's not. Maybe I'll work on that. I'll get Andy to make me a dubstep jingle version. I'll just play it. I like that. I like that. I feel there. Yeah. I'm sorry if I'm insulting you guys. I don't mean it, man. I just feel like I don't. I just can't get it up. You know what I mean? I I can't impress you guys. Um, What's out today? (laughs) Crash bots on Xbox One and Switch. Epitasis on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Tabletop Racing World Tour on Switch. Puzzle Herder on Switch. Midnight Remastered. On PC and Mac, uh, Grunt one nine one four on PC, Precipice on PC, Rogue Slash on PC, Timefall oh, on PC one. and Macs. 
and Mac and Bit Dungeon 3 on PC. Uh, new dates for you. May's PlayStation Plus games are What Remains of Edith Finch and Overcooked. Oh, that's a good uh, good couple of games there. Yeah, Overcooked. Fantastic. What a great co-op game. What a great competitive game. One of the great shout at, shouting at each other on the couch kind of games ever made. Mm-hmm. And I love it, too, because it is such a game that you can give to someone that has never held a controller. And after about three rounds, they'll get it enough. My, my dad, who... Um, has no idea how to hold a video game controller. He's never played a video game in his life. Um, actually, got into it with us and and you know, with the, my my wife and I, and he were all playing it together. And he picked it up in like five minutes. Yeah, and that really says a lot about the accessibility bit. I think part of what helps is you still if you're a complete newbie to video games, mm-hmm. you still have to figure out like you know what the MV button is, but. Everyone understands. Like, I need, I need the bacon to go with the eggs. Like, the the, the setting of it is not. It's not like you. It's not like Destiny where you've got to get some bullshit crystal or something. Where what the hell's going on? Everyone understands that in a kitchen. Okay, I need, I need my onions and I need my tomatoes and chop them up and like the the rules of it. Anyone can understand, and that's mm-hmm. the beauty of it. The it same is. reason why you know we tennis was so popular with the oldies. You know, because everyone understood tennis and everyone yeah, under, understood swinging a racket. Yeah, we played uh, Overcooked, and it was uh, me, Gia. Gia's sister, little sister, and uh, one of my friends, uh-huh. and we decided to do uh, two on two, and okay. it was me and Gia's sister versus my friend and Gia. Right. And Gia's little sister, even though she doesn't play games, picked it up immediately. Yeah. Totally understood. Gia, one of them dumb kids, could not understand <laughs> it to save her life, um, and she understood the cooking so well, but just couldn't. <laughs> the hand-eye coordination was wrong, and it really frustrated her. And uh, was that satisfying to me? Oddly, it was. Oddly, it was. Because she's always in there giving me shit for not actually being able to cook. Well, guess who can't fucking use an analog stick? Take that to the bank. It's time for some reader mail. Uh, But first, let me tell you that this episode is brought to you by Sherry's Berries. Mother's Day is coming up. There's absolutely nothing most of us wouldn't do to make sure the special moms in our life are happy. My mom deserves to be happy this Mother's Day. It's true. It's very true. And so does yours and all of the other moms out there. Grandmas, sisters, sisters-in-laws, kids, godmothers, neighbors, neighbors, friends, neighbors, dogs. Everybody deserves these strawberries. Uh, Sherry's Berries has special Mother's Day berries designed just for mom that are cho- topped with chocolate chips, pink shimmer, sugar, and swizzles. Uh, Kevin absolutely loves them. Is that true or not, They're Kev? so good! He keeps eating them. We can't stop him. He is an unstoppable <laughs> force. You uh, you can choose your delivery date to ensure mom gets your gift of Sherry's Berries exactly when you want her to, and your satisfaction is always guaranteed. Don't wait until the last minute on this one. Visit berries.com today to order freshly dipped strawberries starting at $19.99 for the moms in your life. To make mom really happy, you can double the berries, double the fun, for just $10 more. Mother's Day is Sunday, May 12th. We're approaching that very quickly. So visit berries.com. That's B-E-R-R-I-E-S.com. Click on the microphone in the upper right corner and enter code KFGAMES. That's berries.com. Click the microphone, KFGAMES. And if berries aren't your thing, or even if they are, you can add even more to this with Pro Flowers. Don't forget to thank the real pros this Mother's Day. Where would you be without your mom? That's a good question. You wouldn't exist. Uh, My mom is a pro at making me laugh. 
So I want to be a pro at getting her flowers. Uh, Andrea loves them. Gia loves them. Paula loves them. There's just so much to love about Pro Flowers. Pro Flowers let you choose a variety of bouquets and unique vases that suit every mom's style. Then you simply set the, the delivery date you want. Pro Flowers carefully packages your flowers and delivers them fresh from the farm. They're in this box. It's real easy. You just open the box and it's pretty much ready to go. Uh, right now, you can get one dozen assorted roses for $19.99. Double the roses, double the fun, and get a premium base for just $9.99 more. Visit proflowers.com, click the microphone in the upper right corner, and enter code KFGAMES. That's proflowers.com, click the microphone, enter code KFGAMES. Mother's Days, May 12th, don't wait. What does that code get you? How much do you get off? What's the, did you say what the discount was? You, you can get code? one dozen assorted roses for $19.99. Oh, okay. If you yeah. use the code, got it. Okay. And then, I don't even know if you heard this part, but you can double the roses, double the fun, uh, <laughs> and get a premium base for just $9.99 more. Uh, proflowers.com, click the microphone, KF Games. It's time for reader mail, Gary. Let's see what's going on. What have people been saying? Um, Pokemon, the 2038 Pokemon CEO writes in and says, The Sonic trailer aired to mediocre feedback. The team working on this movie must have expected this. Does the team lose morale for the remainder of the project? The team are just as human as you and I. Reading this much <laughs> negative feedback must hurt. Have you been in a similar situation? Any advice on bouncing back from working on a project like this? I feel like- um, I've, I mean, I've certainly seen that. I mean, I've had three... Uh, movies uh, where you know I did three times now I've gone through the process of seeing the first trailer drop and being really excited about it but then obviously also being aware of what you know wanting to see what the reaction is and we live in an age now where there's like a whole trailer reaction industry there's like YouTubers out there that do nothing but sit and react to trailers so mm-hmm. there's like a tremendous there's more feedback now to trailers than there's ever been you you know you're just swimming in it um, I've been I've been really fortunate that uh, you you know, with the three of my movies, none of them got really bad, at least trailer reactions. Like the Eli trailer, people thought, oh, yeah, it's interesting. That looks like it could be good. After Earth was like, eh, who knows? Like, it wasn't like a pylon. That came when the movie came out. Um, <laughs> and, then, and, then, and, then, and then Rogue One, where people were obviously super, super excited and the trailer reactions were terrific. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is, you know, that is when you get a good reaction, that's obviously hugely you know exciting um I, I i you know as much as the sonic trailer is what it is and probably i feel like the even though i don't really approve of like the internet snark machine and everyone piling on the sonic trailer is what it is and i can i can understand are why people the kid? Are, i'm probably gonna have to because she likes sonic i'm probably gonna have to go she has good taste gary well she i mean given the choice sonic she would Mania. much rather see she's much more excited about detective pikachu let's go one week can't only wait. a week away. Oh. We're gonna we'll, we'll, we'll be taking my kid to see it um, the, the that the opening weekend for sure. That's awesome. Very exciting. Look, and it actually looks like it might be good. It looks it looks my like friend it might uh, be my amazing. good friend Nicole Perlman who co-wrote uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and Captain Marvel also co-wrote Detective Pikachu. And wow. I was actually at a uh, I had had to have a meeting at Legendary a couple of weeks ago who made the movie and they were they had a big they, they had just had a big screening and all these kids and families were coming out um, and I asked I said what do you think of the movie and they all loved it. So I think, you know, I, I think it's going to be good. As, as cr- I remember when I first heard, because I remember Nicole telling me I'm working on this movie called Detective Pikachu. I was like, oh my God, like that sounds like a fucking nightmare. I know. But then the first trailer drops and I fully expected 
the pylon, but people were actually really warmed to it. They they seem to love it, right? I have never experienced a flipping opinion that quickly. With Detective, you, you went yeah. from hating it to thinking I went this could from be like, good? why the fuck are they making a Detective Pikachu movie? Just give me a Pokemon movie. And then I saw right. this, and I'm like, I am an idiot. This is the best route they could have ever taken. <laughs> They're about to make Pokemon accessible to people that don't care. Nick's yeah. going to watch this movie and enjoy it. Yeah. That's insane to me. Yeah. Ugh. They're going to make a fortune on that film. Oh, yeah. Sonic, again, Sonic is, <laughs> Sonic is what it is. Um, Can Sonic just catch a break? Man, like, oh, why does that have to come out the year to tell you? I have this, I have this theory. I was, I was, I was mansplaining this to my wife earlier. Um, I have this theory that um, Sonic as a character is so fundamentally poorly designed to begin with that there's no way they could ever made a good, could ever have made a good CG version of him. He's an abomination just on a design level to begin with. So there was no way, like, when people are laughing about the human teeth and stuff like that, people, it's interesting, he's always had those human teeth. You go back to, like, the 3D games, you can see he's got human teeth. It's really weird. He's just a weird character. Just a weird, furry abomination he's of a character. He's so cool, man. He's so cool. I actually think, you know, Jim Carrey could be, I actually like the Dr. Robotnik look they came up with for him. Like, you know, it could be it could be good. It's not going to be. Yeah. But you know, it, could, it could be. Hey, Tim. Yeah. Can you not delete them right now? Because I need to copy the questions downstairs. Oh, okay. Cool. So uh, I'm going to send you something to assets real quick that I think is important for getting. Did you do see. a trailer reaction thing on Kind of Funny yet to the um, Sonic trailer? Yesterday's Games Daily, me okay, and Okay, they dealt with it. Yeah, I mean, Barrett dealt with it is a good way to put it. Yeah, but I, when you've got kids, you've got to go see that stuff whether you want to or not. Uh, yeah. Um, can you pull that up, Kev? Uh, both Tim and, and Barrett want to see it, though, right? What are we looking at What are we looking at This is a, a video from 2010. That's me. Is that you? That is very skinny, young baby Tim. Oh, Sonic my the God. Wait. You might ask, what's happening? Yeah, what is I happening? I don't have a good answer for you. I don't. Uh, I don't was at this all. Part of uh, one of the no. Shows? This was uh, back in 2010. This is before my IGN days. Before anything, um, oh, Sega had a contest to, uh, to for Sonic fans to make a video, and then you can win a trip to Japan. And that was very enticing to me. Uh, we did not. And this win. was and this was your entry. Um, we there, there was this is like just behind the scenes footage of a video that never got completed um, due to many behind the scenes issues. But I was actually looking through the footage last night, Kev. I have so much gold that I feel yeah. like I could edit yeah. together, including you, Kevin in the background at 5 a.m. fed up that he had to shoot this bullshit that I was making him do. Um, but yeah. Why were it's, we recording at 5 a.m.? It just lasted a long time, all right? Yeah. But yeah, again, yeah. don't have a gr great answer for you. Yeah. But no, I, I mean, how can you? There is no good answer <laughs> for that. I, um, you hitting me up being like, hey, do you have a snowboard that you don't care about? Because so the, the background of this, Gary. As Where I'm are the sure, rings coming from? Someone's throwing rings onto the screen. Alfredo yeah. or me. That was Alfredo. Just throwing, throwing rings at me. Um, but the key thing for you to know about this is the opening level. Probably the best level. So good. Of uh, Sonic Adventure 2 took place in San Francisco <laughs> where Sonic is snowboarding down the streets of the hills of San Francisco. Oh. All right? And the song Escape from the City is playing. And the new the new movie is actually set in San Francisco. And I, I, think I didn't know that why. San Francisco and Sonic were so closely uh Just at the one level, but like they, they are because of that. Um, so we had the idea of like, hey, Daily City's the next best thing, so let's use those hills. Are you, as a kind of funny group, are you going to go see the Sonic movie? I am. I feel like you should all go. I'm going for well, sure. We're definitely not all going to go. Several of us will go, and I'm sure we'll talk about it on screen. I feel like the best way to go see that movie is in a large group. I'm ready. And then get drunk. Yeah, I'll go. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go, day one. I love yeah. it. I love it. All right. Uh, let's read a couple more questions here. Um, 
What's a good one? Days writes in and says, what the fuck is Rage 2 even supposed to be? This game comes out in less than a week, and I hear absolutely nothing. Is Bethesda, it's coming out in a week? Is Bethesda throwing this game out to die, or are gamers simply not interested? Please share your thoughts. I thought Rage 2 was farther out. No, it's a, it's a week, so we'll see, man. I've been saying for a while that like this game seems like it's coming out at a, at, at a time to die. Because with uh, Far Cry, New Dawn, and all, it's, this just seems weird. Two weeks. It, two weeks. Cool. We got two yeah. weeks. Isn't, like, Bethesda's thing that they don't send out review copies anymore? They're just done with that shit? Well, and there's that, too. So yeah, but that's, like, a weird thing, too, because isn't that no, with, like, bigger companies? Isn't that with, like, bigger review sites and stuff? Like, didn't they have, like, a... Oh, you're right. I think yeah. that they, they, they did say they were still going to send some stuff for, like, Influencers people. and shit like that, yeah. But I feel like that... Either way. Rage 2, especially now that it's in between Far Cry New Dawn and Borderlands. This is weird, man. I think Far Cry New Dawn is... I don't know. I I think that's not as relevant. Like, after a week after Far Cry New Dawn, I feel like no one was really talking about it except Nick Scarpino. Well, my so, question is, the week of Rage 2, will people be talking about Rage 2? I believe so. You think? Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. It I could totally really be well. wrong. Yeah. But... I'm with days right now. I'm not hearing shit, and anything I am yeah, hearing it's kind of weird. Kinda like, I, I, eh. I knew it was coming. I assumed it was further out because no one. You'd usually think like a week or two before launch, there's some buzz, right? Yeah, it's true. Where's the buzz? They might want to keep quiet because they knew all this Borderlands stuff was coming out too. So they might like. I wouldn't be surprised if like starting later this week or next week we start hearing like we start seeing a fuck ton of ads and people talking about it and stuff. Tommy Boy writes in and says Borderlands. Looter shooter or shooter looter? Interesting. Is there a difference? I don't know. I'm going to say looter shooter because <laughs> shooter looter, I've never heard. I heard somebody uh, <laughs> call him a schluter the other day. How'd that I, didn't make like, you feel? I, didn't, I didn't like that. You didn't like it? No. I don't like it either. I, I liked think... it when you said it, but I don't think I'd like this guy <laughs> saying it. Um, that's enough for questions today. Uh, squad up time. PS4 user Red Wolf Crusader is his PSN. His name is Anthony Raguchi. What a great name um again red wolf crusader on psn <laughs> hey best friends this is a long shot but yeah why the hell not i need some urgent assistant with assistance with uncharted 4's survival mode trophies obtaining all three stars on each stage in the crushing difficulty i need at least two best friends for a full party preferably at least one person who really knows this mode and helps me get this done asap thanks tim and gary tim nice meeting you at the new york city meetup i was the dude with the batman vs superman is a good movie shirt um Oh, it was great shirt. meeting you, uh, even if you have bad taste in t-shirts and movies. That's fine. That's fine. We all have our he own opinions. He was wearing it ironically, Tim. I'm sure he was. I'm sure he was. But help him out. Help out Anthony Bergucci. Uh, hit him up, PSN. Red Wolf Crusader. He needs two people. I'm sure there's a lot of best friends out there that have this trophy, know how hard it was to get, and can help him out with this. Um, now it's time for your wrong. Let's see what we got wrong. What did we get wrong? Anything? Anything. Gary Witta. What if I showed you a completely blank document? A completely nobody blank wrote in document. Not a single person. That's There's that's no a way. that's a first. Not a single. There's no way. person that can't be right. I don't Tim, know. They go in there to tell you their opinions on how they're. I mean, is they going. didn't. I even asked. Yeah, for there's opinions. usually at least some bullshit in there. In it's the beginning actually, of the show, I did you, asked. Did you did you put a flag up for you're wrong at the top of the show? I don't remember. Yeah, I did. I did. In the, in Somebody the, saying in the chat, I wrote in like five. Today. So there's really? some, is there something wrong yeah. with the document? Are you just making that up, Kev? No, K-Babs right now on TV. Yeah, K-Babs always writes in. Oh, shit. Yeah. And then is there something wrong with the, Do you have to like refresh the document or something? I mean, I refreshed it. Oh, shit. Now he's calling you fat. Let's see. That's not nice. 
I'm refreshing it. There is nothing there. Maybe it's a, a, another tab. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> ah! Why is it no, like that? Were you, were you on the wrong tab or something? No, I'm not on the wrong oh, tab. It's on the bottom. Well, then, yeah. but why? <laughs> it's just, it's but blank wait. for hundreds of rows. Why is it? Why is the first screen blank and then it only appears like on the second people screen? People are dumb. There's two things that could be happening. One, they could be deleting it, but not clearing the tab lines. Or two. Yeah, but there's like there's like thirty. The first thirty lines of the spreadsheet are empty. Uh, it's Tim, weird. Can you share that spreadsheet with me so I can clean it up. Sharing it with you. Now I'm gonna look at all this. We got a lot wrong. I think we did. Okay, I'm not doubting it. It might it might just be a bunch of pissed off Sonic fans, or happy Sonic fans that somebody understands them, feels their pain. Okay, we're getting a lot of bullshit. I'm gonna say it right now. Okay, that's that's pretty normal. Yeah, it is. Um. Kebab says, I remember the God of War patches. It was crazy. Okay. Thanks, Kebabs. What else? Okay, Nanobiologist uh, brings some actual cool info here. Uh, the patches <laughs> that kebabs. God of War... No, it's not against Kebabs. No, it's I know. A that shout was, out that to was me Nanobiologist. Was me it wasn't me. The patches that God of War fixed were weapons disappearing during fights and traps not triggering in areas, delaying progress or button prompts not appearing. Uh, this didn't affect all users. Cool. Yeah, it's tight. Didn't affect us. Fuck yeah. Anything else? Not really. I mean, there's a lot of stuff there. Is it just all bullshit? It's just all bullshit. <laughs> Damn, dude. A bunch of bullshit. It's ridiculous. Yeah, now here we're getting to the Sonic stuff. Okay, there's some... Yeah. Let me hear some Sonic opprobrium. Yeah, Come on. I mean, it's not... Nothing's fun. It's just Gary's wrong. Dude, okay. Which is, which, which is right. Right. But, you know, it's okay. Uh, Don't freak out. Yeah, let's delete these rows. Oh, shit. No, yeah. Okay, cool. It just moved it up. You seen that? Everything good on your end? Yeah, Rage 2 is out May 14th. Uh, Barrett already. Cool, that's it. That's so we it? Didn't, we didn't really get much wrong. No, I'm, I'm, just, still, I'm, I'm just amazed by how much success. bullshit gets written because I'm seeing, I'm seeing like 50 different entries there, but most yeah. of them are garbage, I guess. It's all garbage, man. Okay. <laughs> no, we didn't get much wrong. No. Uh, and, I, and I don't We're think perfect. I'm even wrong about Sonic. Yeah, really? Well, between the two of us, we're right. You know what I mean? We have some right opinion. We'll get in the whole fan base here. The people that hate Sonic and the people that stand up for him for being a really cool guy that means well. As, as, much, as much as I don't like to do it, because I, I always like my, my Twitter feed. There's so much negativity out there. I always try to keep my Twitter feed positive and, mm -hmm. and only tweet positive things. And if it's something like, that I don't like, I just kind of keep my mouth shut about it rather yeah. than you know contribute to the, all the toxicity that's out there and the negativity. I, I like to talk about things I like, but I don't like to talk about things I don't like. Mm -hmm. um, the Sonic trailer, though, I, I had I couldn't help myself, and I gave myself a I gave myself a whole pass to be snarky one time. Yeah, and uh, I made a tweet about it, and I had a lot of Sonic fans. Even though it, it was a tweet that attacked both the movie and Sonic fans at the same time, um, I got a lot of Sonic fans uh, writing to me saying, "Yeah, we kind of deserve that one." Like, I feel like Sonic fans are very self-aware. <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> Until next time, I love you. <laughs>